Hello, and welcome to the very first edition of the Unsolicited Film Reviews Podcast. My name is Zach Miller, and joining me is my co-host, Martin Cook. Hey, coming to you here from uh, from Toronto, Canada. And you're all the way on the other side of the continent, Zach. Yep, from Burbank, California, the beating heart of the Hollywood film industry. Absolutely. So, you know there's about... 10,000 different movie podcasts out there, but this is the only one you really need to listen to because we're not owned by any corporate overlords. We don't have any ad monies, not as of yet anyway, (laughs) and uh, we're just here to bring you the truth. You know, we're two ex-film students, struggling writers, as it were, and we're just going to bring you our opinions. It's all subjective unvarnished opinions we don't get offended of of other people's opinions so uh hopefully you won't get offended with ours um although we're both pretty reasonable guys you know zach the uh most of the time when we sit around and talk about uh, movies it's uh uh, accompanied by numerous drinks and uh and it usually goes on for hours and hours (laughs) so i don't happen to have a drink in front of me right now uh and how about we just uh try to keep this to an hour for the first one does that sound about right to you and, sounds reasonable. Uh, all right. And, yeah, hopefully uh, this will be the first of many. For all of you listening, you're, don't you feel lucky. You're, you're in on the ground floor with us right here. Yep, so today we'll be discussing the Golden Globes because the nominees just came out on Monday, and it seemed like a good jumping-off point to start this podcast. And we'll also be discussing a little bit of the year in review, uh, what we liked best about the visual medium of TV and tel- uh, no, movies that came out over the course of 2019. Sounds good. So, Golden Globes. Um, should we start off by, by by acknowledging that the Golden Globes really don't, you know, aren't really worth a damn? They don't really mean anything? <laughs> is is yeah. that fair to say right off the bat? That, that is fair they're, to say. They're fun to talk about, but they're pretty damn meaningless. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much an excuse for the Hollywood elite to get drunk. They call it the party of the year. And, uh, you know, they get around and circle jerk each other. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, the, the nominations all come from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is really about, what, 20, 25 people? So it's, yeah. um, it's certainly not necessarily going to be a bellwether of the, uh, of the Oscars. Um, and it also doesn't mean that these are the best people of the year, but because it's a big party and it's a lot of fun and all the big stars are often there, it's, uh, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, I am excited that Ricky Gervais is returning because he oh, yeah. always he always really grills them. He doesn't hold anything back. He just it's like a roast almost. And uh he's one of my favorite comedians, so I'm glad he's I'm glad they invited him back because there's been a lot of controversy surrounding him in the past years. Yeah, it's good to it's good to see them at least that's the the other good thing about the Golden Globes is they can afford to take a few more chances than than something like the Oscars who tend to play pretty damn safe most of the time. Yeah, it's like we're not going to have a host at all this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we can't find anyone who won't offend at least somebody sitting out there in, in uh, well all across North America. Um, All right. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. Um, first off, we have Best Motion Picture Drama. 
The nominees are 1917, which the plebes like us haven't been able to see yet. Exactly. So we can't have an opinion on that. <laughs> no. Although, although it looks really good. I'm really looking forward to it. It does. Just just a word on 1917, because we haven't seen it. But in the, the trailer, that, that shot at the end of the trailer, just before the big 1917 comes up with the guy uh, running across the, oh the battlefield, God, yeah. that, that shot is just beautiful and amazing. Um, yeah. So if that's an indication of what the rest of the movie is going to be like, I mean, Sam Mendes definitely knows his stuff as a director. Um, but if that's an indication, it, it could be fantastic. Yeah. And it, apparently it's uh, supposed to be, it's supposed to look like it was all done in one shot. So it's all happening in real time. Wow. And um, yeah, that, that really adds a element of really uh, compelling drama to it. Yeah. Cause uh you know, I love Birdman, which is done in the same kind of fashion. And it's got to be really hard because apparently they're doing like seven, eight, nine minute takes wow, in one shit. shot. So, yeah. And that, and we were talking about that, that must have been hell to film. I know. <laughs> Especially, you know, you mistime one uh, special effects explosion and it screws your whole take. Right. Wow. So then we have uh, Joker. Did you get a chance to see that? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Joker when it, fairly early on, um, I, within the first few days of it coming out. Um, yeah, we, well, should we just go by one, one by one? Sure. Uh, Joker, I'm still, <laughs> I still to this day, I'm not totally sure what to think of Joker. I, I, I think, I think it's very good. I liked a lot of it. Um, it's it kind of left me feeling a little cold at moments like i wasn't quite sure what i was cheering for um but the things uh, okay. it did well it did very well how about you yeah i agree i mean uh todd phillips has definitely come a long way from old school and the hangover trilogy <laughs> hey don't I diss will... old school <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean joaquin was absolutely fucking amazing yeah he really uh, was um but yeah, I kind of I, I kind of agree um, with all the hype surrounding it. Um, I didn't really know what to think walking out of the theater. I mean, I really liked it. There were a lot of good things, as you said. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the best movie of the year, though. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's not. I, yeah, it's very good. I, I has definitely hesitate to pick it as best picture. Then uh, we have. Uh, Good. Yeah, Marriage Story, I guess, next. And uh, I, you know, haven't, in the last week since it came out, I haven't felt the need to be incredibly depressed at any point. So I, I, still, <laughs> I still haven't watched it yet, but I, I have heard great things, and I, I absolutely will watch it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it, I think you sort of have to be in the right kind of mood to watch it, from what I understand. I completely agree. It seems like a really depressing melodrama that's extremely well-made and well-acted, though. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was going to watch it the other night, but then I went out and saw Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is a lot more uplifting. So Absolutely. <laughs> it's like two polar opposites there. We'll probably get to that later. Yeah, I saw that last and then, night, and, yeah, it's fantastic. Then uh, next we have The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out my review on that on the website, unsolicitedfilmreviews.com. I go, it's probably my longest review that I've done because it's a – Three and a half hour long. <laughs> yeah. Three and a half hour long gangster epic. Yeah, your review was just commensurate with the length of the movie. That right. makes sense. Yeah, that's a long fucking movie. But. There was a lot to unpack in that one. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, 
I really liked it. I don't, I don't think it's Scorsese's best work by a mile. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, um, did you, did you finish it? I did finally. Yeah. Okay. It took me, but it took me, I really should go back and watch it all in one take. Cause it actually took me three sittings over a course <laughs> of, of a few different days. Cause I just kept, I'd always start it near the late at night and then never end up finishing it. So, um, I kind of start falling asleep or whatever. And so I, I should go back and watch it all in one sitting to really get the sense of it. But yeah, I, I, it was, it was, it was good. It was great. Were, you know, the performances were fantastic. Um, I never would have thought that uh, Scorsese would go in so hard on the on the special effects in terms of the de aging stuff, but right, uh, yeah. it's just not something that I thought he would ever get into. But it definitely worked for that movie. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the the performances were incredible. I mean, to get Pacino, De Niro, and Joe Pesci on the screen finally together after all these years is a real achievement. Yeah, yeah. In, in in and of itself. And then uh, they all delivered. Pesci still got it, even yeah. though he only does a movie every twelve years these days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I, I guess I sort of hadn't realized how long it had been since he'd done a movie, but it, it really had been a while. Yeah, beca- yeah, because he quote unquote retired in like two thousand eight. Yeah. So I mean, when but, the old uh, when when these old buddies come calling, he answers the call. Yeah. And uh, you know he got a really solid performance out of him. And then finally, uh, the two popes, which I haven't seen either. I, is that has that been released in wide? It doesn't release, come out or? until the twentieth on Netflix. Uh, oh, okay, it's a Netflix release. Okay, um, but I am looking forward to it. I love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I love Jonathan Price. Um, I love watching Pope stuff. <laughs> um, like I, I loved uh, the young Pope. Um, I like the Borges. I just like the inner workings of the Catholic Church because it's such a archaic system. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and um, so I'm interested to see that one. And um, yeah, yeah just any, the, anytime there's a there's a papal election, I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I just I get fascinated by the whole thing. Just yeah. it's uh, P- yeah. PSA: Neither of us are Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, of, of those, it's hard to say because only seen two of the five. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll reserve judgment at this point. Uh, yeah. There probably are, are a few others that I would have put in, in instead, maybe. But I guess with only five, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we can get to that when we talk, talk about other movies that we've liked this year. Right. And this is the golden globes, you know, it's not the Oscars. So I'm sure things will switch around and there'll be some corrections between now and then. So now we're moving on to best motion picture, musical or comedy. What the fuck is once upon a time in Hollywood doing in this category? (laughs) I don't know. I guess they, they they have it as a comedy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. This is always the weirdest category. There's always somebody throwing in there and they, they always, um, say, well, I didn't know I was making a comedy, or and I didn't sing. Yeah, so like uh, The Martian was, a couple years ago won right. Best Comedy. That's right. And Matt Damon was sitting up there with the trophy in his hand being like, I didn't know we made a comedy. <laughs> uh, this category, the, though, I actually have seen all five movies in this category. So, uh, so, so have I. So, so, so I can choose my favorites out of this one. 
Uh, All right, so uh, Dolomite, you wrote a pretty solid review of that on the website. Yeah, I, I, uh, I liked it quite a bit. I uh, didn't know anything about the guy or his movies beforehand. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a very good movie. I thought him as a um, and the performances were great. I thought I'm drawing a blank right now on the on the, the main character's name um, that Eddie Murphy plays. It is Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, mm. I thought as a character in a movie, it um, there wasn't much to him, unfortunately. Um, that that was kind of the weakest part about the movie. I thought was him as a protagonist because it was basically just him. Struggling, 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 struggling to get stuff done, and then eventually succeeded. But he didn't right, really rag, rags to riches. Yeah, he but he didn't really have anything internal that he needed to overcome, and, and, for, and for that to happen, it was just him fighting against external odds the whole time, which is fine. It's a good movie, but I think that prevented it from being a great movie. Right, I totally agree. And um, I think he was outperformed by most of his supporting cast as yeah, well. Yeah, Wesley Snipes was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. I haven't heard any buzz about him uh, about for award season, but I thought he was the, the best one in the, in, the, in the whole movie. All right, I guess, I guess he got his tax situation sorted yeah. out. So. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. He's now got that Netflix money coming in. So. Right. <laughs> uh, next up, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, this is one of my top five favorite movies of the year. Yeah, I agree. If I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, it's another one I reviewed uh, on the site. Uh, go check it out. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought uh, Scarlett Johansson was phenomenal. At, obviously, right. she's now getting a lot of press for Marriage Story, which we still have to watch. Um, but I would put her in the mix for for best supporting for Jojo Rabbit because I thought yeah. I thought she was great. Yeah, I think it's the best performance of her career like yeah. I, I obviously we haven't seen marriage story yet yeah. and she plays a bigger role in that but i just thought the way that she was able to balance the drama and the comedy was absolutely just stellar exactly yeah being able to play somebody who at the same time has this kind of joie de vivre but is also really sad inside and have those two conflicting things play out on screen at the same time, I thought, uh, which she did. I thought she did a fantastic job of that. Yeah, I mean, and then the acting was just incredible from top to bottom. Uh, just the, the performance that Taika Waititi got out of the kids was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and including, including my favorite, his, his little buddy there with the glasses, who just yeah. every moment that kid was on screen, <laughs> I was I was killing myself laughing. I don't know if it was just pure fluke that, that uh, Taika Watiti got that kind of a, a performance out of him, or if the kid just has naturally incredible comedic timing, but he was he was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, not that we need it, but there's going to be a Home Alone reboot, and that kid just got cast as Macaulay Culkin. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did. I missed that news. Oh, okay, yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, and um, yeah, just Taika Waititi as Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, a half half Maori, half Jew, playing Adolf Hitler. <laughs> is just fucking brilliant. I love yeah. Taika Waititi. He's one of my favorite directors out right now. Oh, absolutely. I and, mean, and from then, what we do in the shadows to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's on a, he's on a roll. He absolutely is. 
And and it's just, I mean, it's amazing to think about how badly that movie could have gone wrong. Of course. Uh, um, but it didn't. He he nailed it, in my opinion. And that, you know, it took a lot of guts to make that kind of a movie and then for Absolutely. it to succeed. Yeah, that definitely would have to put it probably in my top five as well. Yeah, I mean, some of the best movies ever are the most polarizing. And I'll, there were a lot of critics out there that really got offended by it. Like, oh, you shouldn't be portraying Hitler in a comedic light. Yeah, like, yeah, they misunderstood entirely <laughs> what, yeah. what it was about. It wasn't it's about like, portraying Hitler that way. It was about making fun of the absurd ideology. Exactly. Um, F- fuck that guy. Exactly. Exactly. What do we do? We, what do we have to like pussyfoot around Adolf Hitler now? Come on. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like what better fuck you to the guy than having a Maori Jew play him. <laughs> exactly. Like, goddamn. Uh next up Knives Out, which I I absolutely love this movie. I thought it was just amazing. It's now, this is a movie that would cause me to question what um, award shows are all about because I would be extremely sur- surprised if this get if this gets an, an Academy Award nomination. Um, mm. I mean, I think it got Golden Globes because they have the two categories, and it's clearly a, a, in the comedy section. Um, and just because it had a million stars and the uh, Hollywood foreign press are a bunch of star fuckers. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, but for what it was and what it tried to do is it's hard to think of a more perfectly crafted movie. I think. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, it, it had elements of Agatha Christie. It was like self-referential without being a parody. Yeah. Um, the cast was amazing top to bottom. Uh, it's, it, and it was legitimately good mystery. Yeah, it was a really it was a really well done who done it. And I'm not usually a fan of those because I'm just like you know I'm in it for the the storytelling and the characters. Exactly. I don't really care about you know like murder she wrote or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember seeing a, a review after I had written my review. I never liked to read anything. Oh yeah, th- until this is another one of yours, by the way, on the website. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and. Um, and and the re- the reviewer said something about um, that what uh, Ryan Johnson understood is that even though it's a mystery, it comes from the characters and it's centered on the characters. And I thought that's that was absolutely a, a good description of the movie. It really was about this crazy group of characters thrown together in this big house. Right, and I mean, uh, it's definitely Anna Darmus's uh, breakout performance. I hope so. I mean, I've been in love with her for for several movies now um but uh but she's also increasingly coming into her own as a as a good actress as well and that's that's good to see absolutely uh next up okay finally we get one where we we have a little bit of disagreement uh once once upon a time in hollywood yes we had a uh heated discussion about this movie when it came out on a uh, over several drinks at a bar uh, back in... In Burbank. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, well, you, you go first. You were you wrote the review. You you um, gave it a very high mark. So you, you talk about what you liked about it first, I guess. All right. Well, this is one of, uh, another one of my top five favorite movies of the year. Um, I mean, Quentin Tarantino is a... He's one of the greatest storytellers of our time. And 
I just love how understated it was because when you think of Quentin Tarantino, you think of way over the top violence, um, a lot of cussing, a lot of motherfuckers. You think, uh, you know, you think back to Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, but it took a good two hours and 20 minutes before we actually saw any real violence. <laughs> and um, I just thought the dialogue and the chemistry between uh, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt was incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was a really, it was a slow burn for sure, but um, I just love, it, I mean, it was Quentin Tarantino's love letter to Hollywood in the 60s, yeah. which he's always really, I mean, that, those are like two of his fetishes, other than feet, which he loves the most. <laughs> oh, God. But, um... <laughs> I thought Margot Robbie was great as Sharon Tate. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Well, I'll weigh in now. Um, I, I'll start off by saying I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so just we disagree. I, it's not that you thought it was amazing and I hated it. I didn't hate it at all. Um, I just didn't think it's in probably the top four or five of Tarantino movies. I mean, it's certainly better than The Hateful Eight. Um, I agree. And there were a couple of things I, I really loved about it. Um, you mentioned Mar- Margot Robbie, that, that scene where she's in the theater watching herself on screen and just her reaction, uh, her, her, her acting. Great foot shot, too. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tarantino and his damn feet. But that, uh, that scene was just fantastic. I mean, Margot Robbie has, has just become... A spectacular actress and that and that scene which was all uh based on her reactions to watching something um was just incredibly touching and and great i i also absolutely loved the little mini story in about three segments between leonardo dicaprio's character and the young actress that he was um yeah that, that he was, was on set with that was that was fantastic as well um where we differ I wasn't that invested in the relationship between DiCaprio's character and Brad Pitt's character. I thought okay. it, I thought it was too comfortable, almost. I thought there wasn't—I um, mean, there certainly wasn't much conflict. Uh, but that's okay, you know. There doesn't always have to be conflict. But I also just thought, you know, there wasn't really a lot of witty banter. It was just—it was just these two guys who were friends and hanging out. It just didn't really do much for me, didn't have much momentum for me. Um, and I also thought, as you know, you mentioned that it was a slow burn. Um, I also thought there were a lot of things that didn't really go anywhere. I mean, Tarantino, we talked about this a little bit last time, but Tarantino, when he's at the, at his best, he, he, he can craft these scenes that just have unbelievable tension in them. Um, right, like the uh, the opening scene of uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or the um, or or the final dinner scene in in Django, um, oh, yeah. where okay. you know yeah. you just know it's and you can see it all happening, and it's just and the tension, and he draws them out, and often those scenes are you know sort of twelve to 13, fifteen minutes long, and. Right. Um, yeah, it's and Alfred Hitchcock. It's Alfred Hitchcock. It absolutely thing, where, is. Where, uh, yeah, like you, the show, the you audience... show the bomb underneath the desk, and it, yeah. Yeah, the audience knows there's a bomb, but the characters don't. It's great dramatic irony. Yeah, yeah. I, totally, I totally get and that. And Tarantino has become a master at that. And I thought 
um, he sort of missed his, I mean, the one scene where it seemed like he was going for that sort of tension was when he was up at the, the commune. Um, but then the scene didn't go anywhere. It was like he was trying to, I don't know, he was just like playing around with the audience. He's like, oh, okay, they're going to expect something here, so I'm just not going to give it to them, which, all right, fine, he's clever to do that, but that doesn't make it an enjoyable scene for me. So I, I just thought he kind of missed some chances, and there were a few too many of those things that just didn't really go anywhere. I mean, I didn't understand uh, DiCaprio's whole side trip to Italy and I didn't quite get the point of that and and Pacino's character except to have him have an Italian wife there in the scene at the end I, I just don't quite <laughs> sure what the payoff was um so anyway so that was my take I thought there was there was stuff I loved about it um it was enjoyable but I, I definitely it's not in my top movies of the year and definitely not in my top three of Tarantino movies all right fair enough Next one, Rocket Man. Okay, I had almost forgotten about Rocket Man uh, because what? it came out so early um, until I saw this list again. But I fucking loved Rocket Man. I absolutely love this movie. <laughs> did we? Did we see this together? I can't remember. No, no, we didn't. Okay, no. okay. Um, yeah, no, Rocket Man. It's funny. I <laughs> I love movies. I love music. I generally don't like musicals. I think a lot of times they're just, it seems too artificial or something to me. Um, this is 100% a musical and it works and it's great and it's perfect for telling the story of Elton John, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't tell a straightforward biopic about Elton John. No. <laughs> I mean, he's too weird. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's, he's this larger than life figure. And I think that's where. Um, Oh, shit, what was the Queen movie? Uh, Bohemian, Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I think that's where that really fucked up because they told a straightforward paint-by-numbers biopic about yeah. Freddie Mercury, who is like Elton John. He's so enigmatic. And uh, but and that, that that's, I think that's going to hurt Rocket Man when it comes down to it because I don't think they're going to want to do... They don't want to give awards to... to uh, musical biopics yeah two years in a row. yeah exactly um i think but i think go ahead well i was gonna say i mean i, I guess they're they're the acting categories are coming up that we can get to um but just on that point i think yeah tara negerton is gonna is gonna suffer from the fact that um um that um drawing a blank sorry uh uh Remy Malik won won last year for for best actor um, because it is you know him playing another famous musician from around the same time period. Even though I think in almost every way Tara Negerton's performance was better. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. uh, First of all, he sang the songs and somehow nailed the voice of a young Elton John. That's just incredibly difficult to do. Yeah, blew me away. Blew me away. But then how he how he also managed to to um, just show the the suppressed anger and everything that Elton John had inside of him at the same time as being a fantastic showman. I just I thought it was a fantastic performance. And yeah, because of that, I, I, because of Remy Malik winning, I think he'll suffer. And it was so uh, well constructed as well. 
Yeah. Because um, I mean, just the the opening shot of him in the uh, you know the the devil outfit going into rehab. Yeah. The whole the, the whole the whole frame story of him getting more and more naked as he exposes himself, literally and figuratively. I thought that was just artistically fantastic. Like towards the end of the movie, he's just in a robe, like just like curled up in the fetal position in that um, uh, uh, in that uh, AA meeting or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it really I absolutely was. loved it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing bad I can say about it. I mean, Jamie Bell was amazing as uh, Bernie Taupin. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as uh, Elton John's mom. They were just Richard Madden as the, oh, um, yeah. the, the the agent. Wow, yeah, I think I think that's another thing too is it'll suffer because it it came out in the spring, and uh, right. people like like me apparently have short attention spans and forget <laughs> about movies like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a phenomenal movie. I would have an extremely hard time voting in this category if I had a vote. Um, I yeah, think, and this might be really weird, I think I might vote for Knives Out, which, again, isn't your typical awards fair. I just thought it was such a fantastically well-done movie that that might actually get my vote in this category. Yeah, and for me, it's um, it's actually, like, as much as I praise Once Upon a Time, I think it's, I think it's JoJo for me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go wrong. I, I, Rocket Man also could possibly be. I mean, it's just it's a fantastic category. Yeah, and I mean, I think we can. I think we can drop Dolomite. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Any, I enjoyed it, um, but it wasn't great. Yeah, good. I think great. any any of the other four though, I think, are very well deserving. Yeah, and that that's uh, this category often isn't that way for the Golden Globe. So that's uh, no. I think nice I think the. I think the musical or comedy outmatches the drama so far. Absolutely. Yeah, it does for me as well. Yeah. All right, now we get to the animated pictures. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I, I don't think, well, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> why don't we just list them off and then instead of talking about each one individually, um, okay. uh, just in, in interest of time. So sure. we got Frozen 2. How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, Missing Link, The Lion King, somehow, and Toy Story 4. So, first of all, let's talk about The Lion King. I thought the whole point is that this wasn't an animated movie. Um, <laughs> so, it's being nominated as Best Picture in an animated, as an animated movie. What is going on? I don't understand. I mean, obviously, there's it's, it's almost entirely CGI in terms of the animals, but that kind of defeats the purpose of redoing something as live action if it isn't live not, action. Not almost entirely. Entirely. Okay, okay, okay. Entirely. <laughs> but, the, the, yeah, the whole thing, it was billed as a live-action exactly. movie, which it, it, it wasn't at no, all. No, it really wasn't. It was just hyper-realistic CGI. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, What's I mean, the... I guess the difference between that and, and Favreau's other one with the Jungle Book is that at least that the lead character was played by a real live exactly. human person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, I think um, I didn't see The Missing Link. I saw the Neither other four I. in this category. Um, I, I might give it to Frozen. Um, 
I don't know. I really enjoyed Toy Story 4, and there was a lot of hype about how it was the best one yet. It wasn't. I, you know, I still think Toy Story 3 was better as an ending than Toy Story 4, but... I agree. But, it, I mean, it was good. But, yeah, I, I might go with Frozen, even though I also don't think Frozen was Frozen 2 was as good as the original. Yeah, um, if, if I were voting, I would vote for How to Train, How to Train Your Dragon. Um... I was a latecomer to that trilogy. I love that series. But uh, I think I watched the first two the night before I saw the third one. Oh, for the first I, time? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. That must have been a great way to see them then. It really was. I mean, I love uh, Jay Baruchel's performance yeah. in, in um, all three of them. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just an animal lover, and all the dragons act like different kinds of dogs. They absolutely do, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it just really plucked my heartstrings. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to wind up going to Frozen just because Disney has that kind of power. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I know they have three out of the five in this category, but, <laughs> I mean, they're going to try to push the Frozen franchise as far as it'll go. Yeah, I think so. And they have a lot more influence than uh, DreamWorks does. Yeah. So. Yeah, the thing about, um, for me, for How to Train Your Dragon, it, um, I thought it was a great way to end the series. Me too. Um, yeah. I didn't think, between the first one, which was fantastic, and the second one, I thought the second one took the story in a whole different direction that was really interesting and really opened it up in different kind of storytelling. Um, I didn't... I guess maybe my expectations were almost too high after that because mm. I didn't think it the third one broke any new ground, um, whereas I thought the second one kind of had in terms of what the story was. But I, but it was still, it was a fantastic capper to the series, definitely. See, I kind of disagree there because okay. I thought um, it showed a real maturation for all the characters okay. in, in three. Like, uh, I agree that, two took it in a different direction and okay maybe uh maybe three didn't take it in a different direction but it extended the direction that two put forth yeah and um yeah just the ending i will freely admit i cried because just i mean uh hiccup having to say goodbye to toothless yeah. was oh man that, that was, was like that, a, was, yeah. that was that was a, that was a heart-wrenching moment that but then seeing him, seeing him at the end, and you know them having all their babies, and everything, it was it was it was a great way to end the trilogy. Yeah. And the good thing about it is that the filmmakers set out to make a trilogy. They ended it, and it was I, I just thought it was a perfectly made trilogy, especially for an animated series. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't realize that, that they had set out to make a trilogy and it wasn't just uh, driven by money, which is what most of them are. Yeah, it's so um, rare, so rare. And it, it kind of did show in terms of the way the story story went, so that's good. Mm -hmm. um, while we're on this category, um, call out another one of your reviews on the, the website of Frozen 2. And one thing that you noted, which was absolutely true, um, that scene on, on the water or um, sort of on the shore... Where Elsa's fighting against the waves, and then and then the sort of whatever it is, water horse um, comes and saves yeah. her and, and carries her away. Whatever it is, we don't need to get into the mythology too much <laughs> or overthink it. But yeah, um, I didn't know whether to call it an ice horse or a water yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
It's a horse. It's a, it's a it horse. A- <laughs> um, but in your review, you rightly called out how how fantastic the animation it was. That I don't think I've seen anim. I, I think the most possibly the most beautiful animation I've seen to date um, was in Coco, in the oh, in the yeah. scenes of the the City of the Dead. But it compared to that was mostly static. Um, this was just the the waves the water at it's astonishing how how uh, how good the animation is in uh, in in frozen 2 that's that's the only thing i can say but it's just it's astonishing yeah apparently the director told the animators to actually scale back the the realism of the water because it looked too real it didn't really? look like it was an animated movie and it still looked real as hell yeah. so yeah that that's that's crazy what they're able to do these days yeah it really is Especially when uh, you know Disney Plus has come out, and now we can go back and watch some of the old, the old animation, uh, which I have been doing. <laughs> I, I um, when I did one of my one of my road trips this summer, I went up through, and in San Francisco on the Presidio, they have uh, the Walt Disney Museum. Uh, oh yeah, not, not quite sure why it's up there, um, but just some of the early animation stuff they they came up with, and it, and it's it's pretty cool the the technology they were working with but I'm we're sure, still at yeah. that point talking about just plates and moving around and then the cameras moving around through and up and down and focusing on different parts of the plates as the and then and then the cells would be added on top of that um, and just to go from that to to what, where we're at now with with those waves and things like that is just yeah it, it's it's incredible how far they've come yeah, I mean the songs weren't as memorable. No. Um, Into the unknown is obviously their try at um, Let It Go Part yeah. Two, but it's it's not going to be as memorable as that. And um, oh, can I talk about my theory though on one of the songs <laughs> that the sure, song yeah. that's that's sung by oh, yeah. um, <laughs> um, what is Christoph? it Into the Wild or something like that or Lost Lost in the Woods Lost in the Woods yeah Lost in the Woods sung by Christoph. That it's the the greatest song that uh, that Chicago never wrote. I mean, it absolutely is a Peter Cetera and Chicago song. It's uh, it, the moment it started. I just couldn't believe how um, how much it sounded like that. The fact that I, I even looked in the credits later on to find out <laughs> were they somehow involved in writing the song? But no, they weren't. Um, and the uh, and the the Weezer uh, Weezer cover that goes in the in the fun ending credits. Uh, is actually kind of good. I've actually, yeah, it is. I have to admit, I've listened to it a few times on Spotify now. Yeah, if you would have asked me in like 2002 if Weezer would ever do a Disney song, yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, hell no. Yeah. But yeah, here we are. So, next one category uh, Best Motion Picture Foreign Language. Um, I've only seen one of these, so maybe we don't need to spend too much time on this. Yeah, I've only seen one. Two and uh, you did the review on Parasite. I did yeah. the review on The Farewell. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about Parasite? I thought it. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was very good. Um, it's been getting a lot of hype as you know one of the best movies of the year. I didn't think it was quite that good. Um, there were a few things, especially near the end, that kind of. It sort of seemed to lose the plot a little bit for me, um, but it was it was still very good. It was it, it was very good. Not again, not great, in my opinion. All right, and uh, I thought the farewell was excellent. I thought 
Aquafina was much more than a water bottle. <laughs> um, she had an excellent performance, and it, it was just a great look into modern-day Chinese culture, and it gave Westerners um, kind of a, a, a look in at that because the character that Aquafina played is kind of caught between two cultures because she's been living in New York almost all her life, but she's fully Chinese. And when she goes back to China, you kind of see that culture clash. And it was, a uh, it was, um, just a really interesting look at how the East and West deal with death differently. And I thought it was a, a story that was definitely worth telling and, I thought it was just a really solid picture. Mm. I'll definitely have to have to check it out. Um, but yeah, with with each of us only have, having seen one in that category, we probably can't uh, talk on that too much. Yeah. Uh, so now we get into the acting categories. Just uh, out of curiosity, do it. Do you have a time check? How how, how long are we running? Um, in case. Um. I know on on my. Um, uh, we're over 1,200 bars now on GarageBand, but that's kind of yeah, meaningless but, to me. Uh, 1231. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, yeah. Well, we'll just uh, keep going, and hopefully the listeners will keep listening until we'll, until we decide to stop. You can always listen, like like the Irishman, you can always listen to this in two parts. <laughs> exactly, <if you> <laughs> exactly. Or three, even, as I <laughs> Okay, uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Um, we haven't seen Marriage Story, so we can't comment on Adam Driver. I haven't seen Pain and Glory. Glory, Gloria. Um, you did the review on uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, so speak on Christian Bale a little bit. Uh, Christian Bale, I, I didn't expect him to be getting nominations, uh, but I did note in the review that I thought it was a fantastic performance. Um He's he's one of those guys that just so consistently gives good to excellent performances that I think he he sort of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes when we're talking. Yeah, about he makes it, it so. seem effortless. Yeah, he really does. He really does. Where where it clearly is taking a lot of effort. I mean, he's, in terms of all his uh, weight gains and losses, he's already t- talked about the uh, the toll that's taken on his uh, on right. his body and how he's not going to be doing that too much anymore. Although he's definitely thinner in this movie too. Um, but it was just, as you, as you say, effortless performance. I thought it was, it was really, really good. All right. And, um, then the only other one that we've been able to see since we haven't been able to see Jonathan Price and the two popes is Joaquin Phoenix in yeah. the Joker, which, um, obviously the, you know, the showiest of all the performances in this category. Exactly. I mean, he's, Probably the favorite, I would say. I would think so, yeah. yeah. And it'd be interesting to see um, two actors win Best Actor for playing the same role because Heath Ledger <laughs> won Best Supporting Actor for Dark Knight. And, and, and the same comic book role, too, which if yeah. you had told somebody that 20 years ago that they would be winning awards for comic book movies, people would be think that was ridiculous, but... I mean, if there's anything to say about the Joker, it's that Joaquin Phoenix fucking killed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I would not have any problem with him no. winning this. No, and I, no, I think he's a hands down favorite. I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, right, so then we can move on. Actor, in a motion picture, then. Let's 
see. Haven't seen Bombshell. No, that doesn't come out until, or at least for, you know, the rest of the world, other than people who get the sneak previews. Um, it looks Assholes. fantastic. And I... I think I think it's interesting, um, uh, much like Queen and Slim, which which uh, I, I reviewed. Um, it's interesting that the three leads. It, it it's such a such an American story, bombshell. But the three leads are all played by three non-American women. Um, I didn't realize that until you just said that. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I, I, we got, I'm definitely we got a South African. We got a South African, an Australian, and a and Kiwi. A, oh no. Two Australians. No, wait a minute. Where's Where's Nicole Kidman from? Australia. She's, yeah, Australian. she's from Australia. She's yeah, Australian. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. two two Australians. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it, it looks fantastic. I definitely want to see it. But yeah, I haven't been given that opportunity yet. Uh, Cynthia Erivo, um, Erivo, Erivo. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce her last name. Um, in Harriet, she was great. Did you see Harriet yet? No, I didn't. Just for the sole reason that it was PG thirteen. Oh, yeah. And I didn't. I didn't think they could tell the full Harriet Tubman story in a PG thirteen setting. Yeah, they they uh, they did about as good a job as as you could. Um, okay. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, maybe maybe played it a little safe. You're right, but uh, but she was fantastic. Uh, the only other thing I, I think I'd seen her in was that um, Bad Times at the El Royale, I think it was called, that came out last year. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where she was absolutely a revelation. I thought she was the, the best part of that movie in many ways. Um, oh, wow, there were, a lot of, <laughs> there were a lot of fun performances, but, but her performance was definitely standout. So I've been looking to see what else she would do, and, and she, was, she was great in, uh, as Harriet Tubman. Yeah, I think every um, slavery movie, every slavery drama, at least now, I always compare it to Twelve Years a Slave. So right, right. That's a that's a big mantle to carry. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see Judy. Me too. Um, I, d- I with, think I missed it in theater. I don't. It kind of came and went really fast, or something. Yeah, I mean, Renee Zellweger looked like she was, she nailed it, which according to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, she did. <laughs> Yeah. So um, it's 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 in that um, in between phase where you can't get it on streaming and it's not in theaters anymore. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women. Little Women. I really want to see that. I'm I'm on the. I um, I wouldn't say I'm on the fence. I'm not on the fence. I, I'll see it. I'm not super hyped to see it i i guess i, I never read the books the, the book oh. when i was a kid so it doesn't have that um going for me the cast looks great though i will say that yeah between uh i mean florence Pugh is probably my favorite young actress yeah, right now she's a, definitely a rising star <laughs> um and then you got meryl streep you know who's meryl streep yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, Saoirse Ronan's been on a fucking roll for the past, like, four or five years. She has. Uh, Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson just kind of tucked away in there. <laughs> like, yeah. you would think normally she'd be a headliner, but she's kind of an afterthought in this movie, in, in the cast, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, the previews look good. I think I had to read the book for homework in fourth grade or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I, I don't remember jack shit about the story, but... Um, <laughs> It looks like a really solid movie, and I saw the 
pre the trailer at a beautiful day in the neighborhood the other night, and it looks yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, what, while we're um, while you mentioned Florence Pugh, just because it's unlikely to come up any other time, um, uh, shout out to a l- uh, somewhat uh, little known or not very many people watched a movie she was in earlier this year, Fighting with My Family, because um, yes. I think a lot of people probably just wrote it off as a as a ridiculous wrestling movie. It is not. It is a delightful small family half comedy yeah, mo- comedy drama it's it's fantastic yeah it's um, like rocky for wrestling it, yeah it really is and um i think i saw it with uh yeah i went and saw it with a with a friend who's not at all a, a wrestling fan and 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 he thought it was fantastic as well it's just a, a really good little movie that not very many people saw yeah, and she was also in Midsummer, where she knocked it out of the park. Which I still, to my shame, have not seen. <laughs> okay. Seen well, but. you can check out my review on that on the website as well. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, watch out for Florence Pugh, because yeah. she is going to be winning some major awards down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we're capping off the category, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. We've already talked about her in that movie a little bit, which neither of us have seen. So then, best performance by, oh yeah, now we're actor and actress in musical or comedy, again, however <laughs> they define those things. So we got uh, Daniel Craig in <laughs> Knives Out. Um, yeah, Colonel it, Sanders. Yeah, it's, it's an over-the-top <laughs> performance. I, I don't think it's meant to be any particular accent. It's uh, it's just sort of, but it's, but it's fun and it's... Um, Kind of knowingly wink, wink. This is this is me doing a ridiculous accent. Um, yeah, it's like Kevin Spacey in House of Cards taken to eleven. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, and, I, I do declare that this is a great movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun performance. I I don't think it was a. As much as I love the movie, I'm not sure that I would have him nominated in an acting category for it, but whatever. No. Um, Eddie Murphy with Dolomite, as as we've already talked about, I think he was kind of overshadowed. I think his performance was just, it was good. It just wasn't all that nuanced necessarily. Right. Uh, DiCaprio, fantastic. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I mean, he did some really great acting. I mean, yeah. the, e- even like it was pointed out when the little girl comes up to him and she's like, "That's the best acting," I've ever seen. <laughs> and he just starts crying and he's like, "Rick fucking Dalton!" <laughs> like that was one of the highlights of the film. For it me. really was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's you know one of the best actors, if not the best actor of our generation. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't I, think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna win in this category per se. But no, he, but he, he's he's reaching Meryl Streep uh, level where no matter what he's in, he's probably gonna get a nomination of some sort just because he right. puts everything he he has into into the roles. Right. Uh, yeah, Roman Griffith uh, Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Oh, sorry, was he the kid you, uh, that has been, or, or the other no. kid? No, the the chubby kid. Okay, good, good, yeah, because the chubby kid I loved. Um, this, I mean, uh, the lead title character for Jojo Rabbit, he was fine, I guess. Um, again, I absolutely loved the movie. His performance didn't necessarily stand out to me, but 
Um, no, I mean, he was good. I think he deserved... I think it's good that he's nominated. I think, um, you know, those those scenes that he had with Thomas and McKenzie, who played the uh, the uh, the Jew that was locked in the closet yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. I, I think their, their relationship and the way that he played it was really well done. It was. And uh, yeah. I'm sure... I'm sure he has a bright future in front of him. If Definitely. Overdose on cocaine by the time he's 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, child stars. Yikes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine that he's there. He's not going to win. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and then Taron Egerton, who we've already talked about. I, I absolutely think he should win out of, out of this category, but he, he may not. <laughs> well, I think he's going to win in this category. Oh, right. Just not in the Oscars. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he was he was so good. Um, which brings us to actress. So we've already talked about a few of these. Uh, Anna de Armas, Knives Out. She was great. Uh, Aquafina, who you mentioned in, in The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Um, Beanie Feldstein. Uh, we haven't talked about Booksmart yet. Uh, this is the first time it's on this list um i i really enjoyed book start book smart i thought it was great i thought it was basically super bad um just i was just gonna say that. just a <laughs> little a, we're, we're totally on the same page there <laughs> maybe slightly more mature version of super bad but i you know it's also a movie that's made what 10 years later than super bad so i right. think maybe that's just society maturing a little bit in well Maybe that's a, a questionable statement. But <laughs> let's not get into that. Yeah, let's not get into that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. She was she was very good. Um, not amazing. All right. Um, I kind of wanted to see where'd you go, Bernadette. I did not. <laughs> I did not either. I did not either. <laughs> so we cannot have any opinion on that. No. Although Kate, Bl- Kate Blanchett is a fantastic actress. She and I'm is sure great. she did. I'm sure she did fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emma Thompson in Late Night. Um, did you see this one? I did not. Oh, I did. Um, again, maybe short attention span because it came out in the spring. I've kind of already forgotten about this movie. She was she was very good though. A- Emma Thompson is also. And never bad. <laughs> She's right. just always solid, always brings it. Always. Um, and she was, yeah, she was very good. It kind of feels like maybe she's just a throw in in this category, though, um, even though she's she was fantastic. Although, actually, maybe she isn't, though. I don't I don't know. It'd be hard to say who the front runner would be in this category. Maybe Aquafina, yeah. even though I haven't seen her um, very well. Yeah, I mean, Especially, especially for the diversity. I mean, she's already getting hype as the first um, Asian woman that's ever been nominated in this category. Hmm. And uh, it'd be nice to see her win because she really did knock it out of the park. But um, I only saw Knives Out in the Farewell, and I think I think she outperformed Ana de Armas, but not by a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't have too much more to comment on that because I only saw three of those movies. Um, so, best performance. Okay, so now the supporting ones. 
And right. here, Golden Globes, for those of you listening who, who aren't aware, um, here they do away with their, their separation of categories of, of drama and, and comedy musical and just throw everybody into the same bin. Um, <laughs> again, the Golden Globes is a bit of a shit show, uh, kind of meaningless, but this is, what they, that's, this is what they choose to do. That's it. This is a very strong category. Unbelievably strong category. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> List them all. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess I'll start with both both of the uh, supporting actors from The Irishman, yeah. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, which I completely predicted on the website. Um, I thought De Niro would have been nominated as well, but he's one of the quote-unquote snubs. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, Pacino and Pesci, it was a real return to form for them. Um, Al Pacino has been kind of phoning it in for the past 20 years, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just he just been just going just the over the top Pacino. Yeah. Where I, where I think his best performances are when he's understated Absolutely. Like in, in 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 The Godfather 1 and 2 where uh I mean he can act with his eyes. He doesn't always have to be like why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. The, the The movies where he shouts the least are, are probably his better performances, but he's, exactly. he's become almost a, a caricature of himself after a while. He's Al Pacino doing Al Pacino in a movie. Uh, yeah, because like when it, like now nowadays when they say actors are going over the top, they like you never want to go full Pacino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think it was Scarface. I think that's what did it to him because he would just yeah. went all out in Scarface, and it's become this cult classic that now he he sort of thought, oh well, okay, this is what I should do with every movie then. And no, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, his his portrayal of um, John Gotti was really really good. And um, and then Pesci, I mean, he's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, he kind of yeah. plays the same character every time. And uh, the, the re- apparently Scorsese asked him to do this movie over fifty times, and he refused because really? he didn't want to come. Ba- he didn't want to come back and do the quote unquote gangster thing. Right. But um, yeah, he fucking nailed it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like like he always does. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, the Irishman was a really solid movie. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but it was—I mean, it was Scorsese doing Scorsese. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so next we have Anthony Hopkins, which we can't see until the twentieth of December. So yeah. no, no comment on the two popes. Brad Pitt, who was who was very good once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I, I thought. In terms of performances, I thought DiCaprio was better, um, but it, it was it was very good. He was solid, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think he actually had more screen time than DiCaprio, if you think about it. Yeah, he, he had, might have he, actually. He, he had several um, like tangents where he was just kind of like on his own. Yeah, yeah. It might be, I, 50, I, it might be around fifty-fifty, but I, I, um, I think he might have more screen time. I mean, maybe DiCaprio's role was a bit more, was, it was a little showier, and so I, I guess it's up to the producers who they put forward for the, for the nominations, right? And so right. they may have just thought, well, we have a better chance of winning with DiCaprio, so we'll put him for best uh, actor, and then, and then uh, hopefully try to get, nail the the double bill and and put Brad Pitt as as supporting. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah, and then finally Tom Hanks, uh, Beautiful the Day in the Neighborhood, which. 
you've just reviewed a couple of days ago on the site, and, um, and then I just saw it last night. Yeah, be- beautiful, powerful performance. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the absolute perfect role for him to play at this point in his career. It is, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it's Tom, it's Tom Hanks. He's so wholesome. He's, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. just... <laughs> Never, never had a stain on his record. Like for for a famous actor that's been on the Hollywood A list for thirty years, for him to never have any kind of scandal, yeah. never had a bad word said about him. No, I mean, still been no, been married to the same woman for what thirty years or something. Yeah, uh, never yeah. any any even personal issues. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's. <laughs> there's nobody it's, better it's to play. It's pretty rare <laughs> for yeah, Hollywood. And the, yeah, there's nobody better to play the most wholesome children's television host than the most wholesome actor yeah. in the past, like, 40 years, if ever, because people got up to a lot of worse shit than they do now <laughs> back in the day. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, uh, on, on the, on the um, did you see the documentary last year, the Mrs. Oh, Rogers uh, documentary? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, it was... It was fantastic as well. Um, and because this movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, is kind of more about the reporter who's mm-hmm. who's writing a story about him, um, and the documentary is actually about Mr. Rogers, um, you, you, can, you should definitely see them both. It's not one of these things where, oh, is that too much Mr. Mr. Rogers, one or the other? No, definitely see them both. Uh, but it also, I can't remember what the name of it was now, um, but it, it also... You know, walking out had the exact oh, so, same. Uh, w- w- feeling. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? That's right. Um, had the exact same feeling walking out of out of the documentary as well. Just sort of this uplifting. Oh, maybe I should start being a better person. Kind of, kind of, kind of yeah. feeling. Yeah, I mean, the, there was a there was a little hitch in my giddy up when I came oh, out yeah. of the theater. It's oh yeah, just like yeah, I want to I want to just like help people now. Yeah, like, I want to be a kinder uncynical person especially like in this day and age it's like that's that's a rare thing yeah it's it's definitely the perfect movie for the times it really is really is oh and and but it can can i also shout out just because he's gonna get totally overshadowed by tom hanks um and won't get any nomination at all but chris cooper in a beautiful day in the neighborhood unbelievably nuanced and just heart-wrenching performance yeah, um, I think I call I think I called him criminally underrated in my yes, review. Yes, you did. Yeah, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a deadbeat dad, but I mean he still has redempt, redemptive qualities. Yeah. I mean he's human, just like any of us. He's made a lot of mistakes, and just the I mean Matthew Reese put in a great performance as well he did yeah so much of it just in his eyes his expressions as things were going on yeah right yeah that was a terrifically acted movie yeah and yeah Chris Cooper definitely deserves a shout out yeah so who's your who's your favorite in this category um maybe Hanks actually um, I, I'm not. It's funny. I I don't know if I would have said that even earlier today. But the more the more that that role stays with me, including that that scene that that you pointed out in um, in your your review where he's just sort of staring into the camera and he's mm. he's asked Matthew Reese's character to um, to what is it like think about all the 
people whose love brought you to this point or something. Right. And then just sit, sit in silence for a yeah, minute. Yeah. And then just sits and then, uh, it, it, it was, again, as, as you said in your review, that's kind of thing you don't really see very often in movies where he's just going to stare at the audience for a while. And, 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 but probably few people could have done that uh, like Tom Hanks did, um, where it didn't become creepy, where it actually became, sort of an introspective moment. Uh, no, so, he, he has such kind, welcoming eyes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe Tom Hanks for me. Yeah, I agree because um, Pesci and Pacino are going to take boats away from each other. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, haven't seen Anthony Hopkins yet, but I'm sure he's going to be good. And then yeah. Brad Pitt's just kind of thrown in there, I think. Yeah. So then, uh, best uh, performance by an actress. Um, I have only seen one of these, so that will uh, will limit my my, my <laughs> ability to discuss. Um, but we've got uh, just quickly Annette Bening in the report, which has that even come out yet? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> it's it's what I think it's that's it's also about Adam Driver in it. It's about um, some sort of report that these people fought to get declassified or something. Um, I okay. think maybe on um, torture. Oh, okay. um, maybe there's there's an Abu Ghraib uh, connection or something. Um, anyway, I, I haven't seen it out, so I, I'm not sure it's come out yet. It's certainly not wide release. Uh, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers, that's the one I have seen. Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, which I believe opens this weekend, but I it, yeah. but it must not be very wide because I can't find it anywhere in Toronto. Um, uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story and Margot Robbie in, in Bombshell. So, have you seen... I've seen Hustlers. Hustlers, okay, yeah. Yeah. It was... Um, I mean, she, she was great. Um, I, I, I read something about her performance in, in that movie where they sort of said that she... She kind of stalked the movie um, with with physicality, and and they weren't just talking about uh, they weren't you know talking about her prowess on the on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about just her her sort of confidence and and kind of overbearing personality um, yeah. in that role, and and I think that's absolutely true, and I, I think agree. I think it was intentional, and so I think. In that way, she absolutely succeeded. I, I thought she was she was quite good. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't say anything more about it. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but in terms of the rest, yeah, we haven't seen them, so it's kind of hard to hard to judge. Um, should we keep going on the the rest of the categories? The uh, we should at least uh, as as writers ourselves, we should at least get to the screenplay category, maybe. Yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, we should kind of. Uh, step up the pace a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, let's just, I mean, director is an important category, so... It is, yeah. Let's... So we got uh, Bong Joon-ho on uh, Parasite, Scorsese for The Irishman, Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Todd Phillips for The Joker. This is a pretty stacked category. It really is, yeah. Um... Bong Joon, who was was, I mean, even though I said it was good, not great as a movie, the the directing was was fantastic. 
just um, the the choice of shots, the the pristine, beautiful uh, sort of mansion of the of the rich people versus the 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 basement hovel of the of the poor family with the uh, just it, it was it was incredibly well done and well directed. Um, totally agree. So he could, I, I could see him maybe um, getting it in this category um, because people always like to give give awards to to new newcomers. Right. I mean, Scorsese did a masterful job. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he always does. I mean, he's Martin Scorsese for fuck's sake. Exactly. <laughs> the long shots he does. The uh, I mean, he he's truly a storyteller behind the camera. Yeah. Like, uh, he can he can tell his story without the actors even doing anything because of his camera movements and his quick cuts and his uh, jump cuts and everything like that. So yeah, yeah, uh, he deserves to be here. Uh, I don't think he'll win though. No, I'd be surprised. Um, Tarantino again, like same kind of yeah, thing. He's just. Yeah, his directing is always great. I mean, this is this is a guy with an encyclopedic knowledge of of movies and and everything cinema. So, if there's a good shot, he'll find it. If there's a way to 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 tell the story on on screen, he'll he knows it. Um, and that yeah, that I mean, always comes Scors- out. Scorsese and Tarantino. Anytime they make a film, it's going to be in this list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So uh, Sam Mendes can't wait to see 1917. Yeah. Todd Phillips, I think, um, mm, the best part about Joker was Joaquin Phoenix. Exactly. Yeah. If it wasn't for it, would, if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't be that great of a movie. No, I'd I'd be surprised if if Phillips gets. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be very surprised actually if he ends up <laughs> taking this. But just the fact for Todd Phillips that he's being nominated as best director is, as yeah. you said, a far cry from where he was ten years ago. So yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, yeah, he he went from his cameo in Old School where he said, "I'm here for the gangbang." Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, now he's up here. Yeah. So good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Um, which brings us to best screenplay. And the most important category. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, without the screenplay, you have no story, you have nothing to film. So there is no movie. Um, that said, these are weird choices for nominations. Yeah. In, in my opinion, <laughs> some of the best written stuff isn't on this list at all. I mean, it's kind of shocking, actually, that both um, Knives Out and Jojo Rabbit didn't make this list. Yeah. Especially, yeah, I think, yeah, both of those are huge snubs. Especially um, when it comes to the Irishman, yeah, I think I think I think you could definitely drop that. Yeah, and Parasite. Um, again, it was it was very good. I, I of course, it's kind of hard <laughs> screenplay because it's in a it's in a foreign language. But but uh, in terms of the subtitles, it was good. But it it didn't really blow me away. Um, haven't seen Marriage Story. Haven't seen Two Popes. It just seems like there's there's some obvious ones that are missing from this category. Yeah. And again, Quentin Tarantino is one of the best screenwriters of all time. Anytime he anytime he puts pen to paper, he's going to be nominated. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, my one of my problems with this movie, it didn't have some of the the really 
clever, witty repartee that his movies often have. I mean, I had a little bit of it, but not, not as much as I come to expect from him. So <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that's best screenplay. So I don't know if we need to go on to yeah, we got the other categories. Um, should you we get into t- television? Oh, yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah, you want to talk TV a little bit? Sure. All right, so best television series drama. We got um, Big Little Lies, Killing Eve, Succession, The Crown, and The Morning Show. Um, I have not seen this latest season of Succession because I left the U.S. just after it, it was just before it came out. And then um, since I've uh, come here to Canada, I haven't gotten HBO yet. I think I have to get it through Crave or something, and I just haven't done it yet. So um, I've really enjoyed the first season. I've heard the second season is even better. But uh, that's the only one of these that I haven't seen. Oh, well, the only one I have seen is The Crown. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, let's talk about The Crown then. What were your thoughts? Yeah. I was a little nervous about the casting changes when they were first announced, but when I saw who they actually cast, I was pretty excited. Um, I love uh, Tobias Menzies, yeah. who was yeah. uh, Brut- Brutus in Rome, Edmund Tully in Game of Thrones. He's always like the guy that people step on. Yeah, <laughs> but he, but he, but, he, but he's always trying to gain respect. He was even he was even that same character in uh, the Terror season one, which is really good. Right. Uh, he always he always delivers a great performance. Um, Helena Bonham Carter to see her not um, in a Tim Burton movie where she's just like batshit crazy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that that was nice. Although and, playing uh, Princess Margaret, she was crazy a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, I haven't seen the entire season. I think I've only seen the first three episodes. Oh, okay. But, uh, okay. So so far, so good. Uh, it's not my favorite show, but it's uh, it's 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 chugging along. It's can't okay. wait to see where it ends. Even though you know it's a true story, so we all know where it's going to yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Surprise! The queen dies at the end. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Um, I, I thought I, I, I binged watched it like crazy. It's it's a show that's right up my alley. I, I love those kind of shows. Um, just the really cleverly written dramas, and um, I seem to be falling for period things lately. It. Um, it uh, it's not as good as the second season, um, mm. just because it's becoming a little obvious how they do it now. Um, I mean, they always have something going on in the in the broader world, and then and then an internal family squabble that links directly in terms of uh, in terms of either something that the character has to learn in order to be able to solve the outside problem, or the the outside world problem ends up helping them solve the internal family struggle. Um, that said, they do it incredibly well. It's it's just a brilliantly conceived show. It's just it's starting to become a little obvious how, where the stories are going. Um, the the cast were all great. The one actually that surprisingly um i didn't take to as much was helen bottom carter um mm. just because it, I, I don't know for some reason it, it was hard for her to inhabit that role in in my mind um 
I thought um, I thought the others did a much better job. Like Tobias Menzies instantly became Prince Philip to me. That didn't take much. That didn't take long at all. Um, and same with um, um, uh, as the uh, as the as the as, as the Queen. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Um, Olivia Colman, sorry. Mm, uh, Olivia right. Colman as the Queen instantly became Queen Elizabeth. And I don't know, for some reason, Helena, Helena Bottom Carter just had a hard time for me inhabiting that role. Um, but again, it's a great show. Uh, the, the others, okay, so since you haven't seen them, uh, Big Little Lies was, was very good. I mean, it's interesting that they took what had originally been intended as a one-season uh, show because it was based on a book. Um, and then just decided to add it, uh, an extra season. And, well, okay, so how are you going to do that and make it a success? Well, you'll just add Meryl Streep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that pretty much solves almost all of your problems. Um, and she was great as as the, 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 the mother who comes in and just picks at every little scab in the community. <laughs> um, because by the end of the first season, all the lead characters had sort of found an accord amongst themselves, even though they were bickering through most of the first season. So it was a it was a brilliant way to take it in a new direction, have somebody else come in and start picking at those those scabs. Um, and yeah, who who better to do it than Meryl Streep? So it was it was very good. Killing Eve um, continues to be an incredibly enjoyable <laughs> show with the two leads, um, uh, Sandra Oh and and um, and uh, Jody Jody Comer Comer, I'm not sure actually even how you pronounce her name, um, are both are both fantastic and just them playing off of each other in this really kind of offbeat quirky show. It just it just works. It's it's one of those shows that um, if the tone be, it wasn't quite right, it wouldn't it would just fall apart. And somehow they found the perfect balance between drama and quirkiness and comedy and um in a show basically about somebody chasing a serial killer <laughs> um anyway it's really good um the morning show is one that i've seen um a few episodes of um uh when i did uh, you can also check out martin's review on apple tv plus on unsolicitedfilmreviews.com <laughs> exactly uh one thing i didn't mention in that review is that i actually like what apple tv plus did in terms of how they presented the shows um they they tried to find a middle um ground between the binge watching style of netflix where they just dump everything and what HBO and everybody else does, which is still going on the, the new episode once a week. What they did is they dropped the first three episodes of the shows, um, of, of a few of the shows. And then from that point on, it was, it was a new episode once a week. And I actually really appreciated that because it's just enough to get you into the show. And then mm. if you want to keep watching, you can. Um, anyway, the morning show is by far the best thing that Apple TV Plus has to offer right now. Uh, it's just a really well-written show, incredibly acted, um, because it hasn't finished and I'm dropping my apple. To, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but, um, it's good, but it's not good enough to keep Apple TV plus. Not, not on its own, not on its own. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> They're going to need some other shit pretty fast. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
that was a lot of talking about um, drama series, and in the end, I'd, I don't know, I'd probably still pick The Crown, <laughs> but just because I love The Crown. <laughs> All right, best TV series, musical, or comedy. We have Barry, Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Politician. I have seen three out of these five. I've seen Barry, Fleabag, and Maisel. I've seen four. I also watched The Politician. So neither neither of us have, have gotten around to the Kaminsky method, which somehow the Golden Globe seems to absolutely love, even though nobody yeah. else that I know has ever <laughs> talked about this this show. I mean, it's Fleabag, right? It is. It, it kind of has to be Fleabag, although I, I would also like to put in a plug for Barry as just... Yeah one of the greatest shows out there right now. Um, I mean, I talked briefly about the, the strange alchemy that it takes to, to get the tone just right on a dark comedy um, with Killing Eve, and Barry does that incredibly well. Um, it's one of those shows that just keeps getting better. I'm not sure how long they can keep it going in terms of the story. I mean, how long before he either gets caught or he... It gets killed or something uh, yeah, before it, might, it just it might, becomes, it might, starts becoming Im- completely implausible. Yeah, it might turn into like a Dexter situation. Yeah. So I, I hope they go like four or five seasons and Max. have a ni- yeah. nice end, nice end to it. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's definitely Bill Hader's crowning achievement. I'm, oh yeah. I, I, I wasn't a fan of, of him on Saturday Night Live. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I, oh, I've okay. never. I, I was never really a Bill Hader fan until Barry because uh-huh. he okay. brought out his dark side a little bit. He actually was able to, you know, show his c- c- real creative side. Yeah. And because um, he, he usually like a lot of comedians, they fall into the the pitfall of playing the same character every time. Yeah. Or a similar character, but yeah, he is absolutely incredible in Barry. Yeah, he and, is. Uh, uh, you know, Ma- Maisel's been uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So for me, yeah, Barry would be a very close second to to Fleabag. I love Maisel. Me too. Uh, me too. Um, <laughs> I mean, they have swept every award show until Fleabag came along. And, and and you know a- Amy Sherman Palladino has a bit of the um, has a bit of the um, uh, the uh, uh, oh man why why am I having a hard time remembering names right now the um, uh, <laughs> the, the, the West Wing um, uh, oh Aaron Sorkin Aaron, yeah she has a bit of an Aaron Sorkin thing where all her characters kind of sound the same and they all yeah, talk that's true. really that's true. really quick and quippy and and are way quicker on their feet than anybody in real life would ever possibly be. Um, me just providing a perfect example of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that doesn't make me enjoy it any less. It's still an incredibly enjoyable show to watch. Yeah, I mean, Alex Bornstein's uh, like incredible. Yeah, Tony uh, Shalhoub yeah. is yeah. just a treasure as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. I, I, th- I think Fleabag really uh it's a lot more emotional it's a lot more um resonant yeah it 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 touches on a lot more like of the human condition it's not out it's not out to just make you laugh and it was just and it was just incredibly original too 
Oh, yeah. Um, and, it, I mean, it has to get picked up again, I feel like. like I would think so. I mean, it took them, what, it was a, it was a gap of a couple of years between seasons two and three even so <laughs> i yeah i really hope that she she gets back in there and and starts making some more of them yeah and um what's his name uh andrew scott yeah andrew scott's uh, andrew scott's an amazing actor i loved him as uh, moriarty in the sherlock series yeah and uh yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, he was great at this. Great. One of my favorite things about Fleabag is that a lot of the characters don't have names. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you never you never find out who Phoebe Waller Bridges' character's actual name is because she's always just called Fleabag. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and he was Scott, hot priest. Or yeah, whatever. hot priest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like who has the balls to do that? That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. So um, any thoughts on The Politician? Um. It was, uh, it was, it, it was all right. It was, it, it kept my interest. I watched all the way through. Um, it was funny at times and creepy at other times. Um, it was just all right. I mean, if right. they come out with a second season, I may or may not go back. Okay. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, I enjoyed the first season, but it didn't blow me away. Don't get too excited about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the kind of thing. It's it was somewhat forgettable. I right. mean, it's a pretty dense field of series these days, and and it kind of fell by the wayside for me and my thoughts. All right, um, best television uh, miniseries. Let's just or motion picture made for television. Um, the only I, one I've seen is Chernobyl. Yeah, I've only awesome. seen I've only seen two of them: Chernobyl and Unbelievable. Um, both of which were good, but this has got to be Chernobyl, I would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, best performance by an actor <laughs> in uh, drama. Uh, let's see, we've got Billy Porter for Pose, Brian Cox for Succession, Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, and Tobias Menzies for The Crown. This is kind of a weird category. It is. I mean, they're all so different. Those... <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I, I haven't seen Pose. Um, I know Billy Porter has gotten a few other awards for Pose recently. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? It was Emmys, I think. He got an Emmy, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I haven't seen it, so I don't. I don't. I can't really speak to that. Um, Brian Cox, as I said, I only saw the first season. Brian Cox is great, and so I'm sure he was great in the second season as well. But I don't know. we got good good old john snow yeah exactly um, i mean that that could and, and has been another you know three-hour discussion about what happened yes. in, the, in that final season so maybe yeah, we don't I, need to get into, yeah, into it right now I, 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 I guess i could sit here for four hours <laughs> and talk about this but um you know this is probably his weakest season yeah i agree i agree so why they nominated him, I have no idea. I don't know. Um, all he did was pout and say, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and Rami Malek's one before for Mr. Robot. Um, I, I'm guessing this comes down to Billy Porter and Brian Cox. Um, yeah, because Tobias Menzies is um, he's, he's really good, but he's not really the lead actor. No, though. no. 
I mean, there's a couple of episodes, but that's the way the crown does it, where they kind of focus on different stories and different episodes. So it's, it's kind of a weird one. I'm I'm glad he's nominated. He did. I mean, yeah, he's a great actor, but, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I would definitely say the favorite's Billy Porter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon in The Morning Show. Um, both are very good. Probably going to be hard to differentiate uh, between them. I would imagine they'll end up splitting votes. Um, Nicole Kidman, Big Little Eyes. Um I guess, yeah, she was probably the most standout of that cast um, this year. Jodie Comer is fantastic, and Olivia Coleman. I I really like Jodie Comer in this category, to be honest with you, just because okay. her performance is so... It's so kind of attractive and off-putting at the same time. She just plays this really messed-up killer... Um, but in a really appealing way, <laughs> that just sounds, sounds bizarre, but, uh, she, she finds that balance and it, she's, she's really, really good. Interesting. So you, you have her over Olivia Coleman. Um, I think so. Um, only because I'm not sure that Olivia Coleman was that much better than Claire Foy in essentially the same role. Okay. Um, and even though Claire Foy had one, I think one of those years in this category, I think for Olivia Coleman, I mean, Olivia Coleman was fantastic. She was great, but I don't think she stood out as like, Oh, this is the best portrayal of Queen Elizabeth we've ever seen. Yeah. Cause there have been quite a few. Exactly. All right. So we can move to best performance by an actor in a television series. Uh, we got Ben Platt for The Politician, Bill Hader for Barry, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself, and Rami Youssef for Rami. Um, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I shouldn't I've, admit that, but I've never heard of Rami. Uh, no, I, I've never heard of it either. Okay. And uh, the only one of these I've seen is Barry. Um, yeah, for me, it's Barry and the pol- and uh, Ben Platt and the politician. Um, but yeah, we've already sung Bill Hader's praises for this for right. this uh, thing. I think both of us would choose him in, in a heartbeat. So give him the Golden Globe and let's move on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actress in a television series. Uh, Christina Applegate, Dead to Me. Kirsten Dunst on Becoming a God in Central Florida. Natasha Leone on Russian Doll, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Fleabag, and Rachel Brosnahan on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, seems like this is probably going to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, I mean, Brosnahan yeah. is just spectacular in, in her role as Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but she's always also won it before, um, right. at least once, and so I think there'll be a little bit of that, well, yeah, kind of been there, done that. Um, and, yeah, this this definitely seems like Fleabag's year, so... I think it'll yeah, be a I mean, especially since especially since it's over, like they um, award shows always want to give them a good send off yeah. when they love something. Yeah, it's like the uh, the return of the king syndrome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. marvelous Mrs. Maisel has a lot of years ahead of them. So it definitely, does. definitely Phoebe Waller bridges a year. Yeah. Um. And then the supportings, um, Alan Arkin, Kaminsky Method, Andrew Scott, Fleabag, Henry Winkler, Barry, 
Kieran Culkin, Succession, Stellan Skarsgård, and Chernobyl. Any thoughts? I love Henry Winkler in yeah. Barry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, I absolutely love him. And I was shocked last year when he won the Emmy. Not that he won the Emmy, but that he's never won an award, an acting award in his life. Yeah, yeah that is kind of surprising. I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah. And he, he's another guy like kind of like Tom Hanks, where you never hear a bad word about the guy. Yeah, He's always great to work with, and he's just one of those guys that you want to root for. Um, I think Stellan Skarsgård is the dark horse here. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's gonna win, but he was fantastic. I've always liked his work. He's one of those guys that's always super underrated. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's gonna go to Andrew Scott though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, I, I already 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 talked about him. And, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Alan Arkin's always a good actor, but yeah, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Kaminsky method. So. And the, and the people who watch Succession absolutely love it. Um, I don't know if Kieran Culkin stands out necessarily so much above all the other great actors in that, but um, he's definitely good in the first season I saw. But, yeah, I think you're right. And Andrew Scott's to lose. So then supporting for Best Actress, we got Emily Watson in Chernobyl, Helena Bonham Carter in The Crown, Meryl Streep, Big Little Eyes, Patricia Arquette in The Act, and Tony Collette in Unbelievable. I feel like Meryl Streep wins every award she's nominated for. Yeah. Well, and she kind of, she does deserve, she was really, really good. Well, she's good at everything. So that's, uh, you know, uh, water is wet uh, comment by, by Martin Cook right there. But, um, <laughs> but no, she's, she was just, again, having a second season of Big Little Lies could have gone wrong just because they'd left the source material. They were, taking a story that had ended essentially on beyond that. And the thing beyond beyond anything else that saved it was Meryl Streep. Right. And we already discussed uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Didn't see the act or unbelievable. Unbelievable was really good. And Tony Collette was fantastic. She's also great in Knives Out, by the way. Yes, she is. Um, yes, she is. <laughs> where she just really gets to... She, you could tell she was having fun in Knives Out. Um, unbelievable, totally different kind of kind of show um, about, um, about rape. And then eventually Tony Collette plays one of the, one of the, the cops that eventually tracks down the, the serial rapist. Um, it's it's yeah hard to say i would probably have her second in this category to be honest with you um just because again i as i said i, I love helena bottom carter i didn't love her in the ground um but tony collette was was very good but she's against meryl streep all right the penultimate category best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture made for television we got Christopher Abbott in Catch-22, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, Russell Crowe, The Loudest Voice, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Spy, and Sam Rockwell in Fosse slash Burden. Yeah, all good. I've only ever seen Chernobyl of these, so and Jared Harris was great. I would imagine he'd take it, but I mean, that's, those are all great actors, so <laughs> it's maybe a tough category, but I think Chernobyl's probably the, the one on track to to get people's attention this year. Right. If, if the, if the category wasn't so crowded, 
I would think that Sam Rockwell was a front runner for best supporting actor this year for um, Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he, was, a, he, he, he was really good. <laughs> yeah, he always nails it. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen Fosse Verdon, but um, I'm sure he's great because he's always great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared Harris, I love him. Uh, he was great in Mad Men. He was great in The Crown. He yeah. was great in this. I mean, he's he's one of those where, I mean, if you look at him, you'd never think of him as an actor. It's, I mean, he's not your typical leading man. But, no, no. But but, but he, he absolutely carried Chernobyl. Yeah. Just the, the sort of emotional weight of, of what was going on was absolutely entirely, well, not entirely, but largely carried by him in that series. So right. um, for such a good series, I think a lot of that falls to him. So yeah, I, I think he, totally would, he would deserve it. And last but not least, we have best performance by an actress in a limited series or a motion picture made for television. Helen Mirren, Catherine the Great, Joey King, The Act, Caitlin Dever, Unbelievable, Merritt Weaver, Unbelievable, and Michelle Williams for Fosse Burton. Um, yeah, I've only seen Unbelievable. And uh, Caitlin Dever, Dever, um, who I guess we also saw in uh, Booksmart earlier this year, right? Um, mm-hmm. Was that? Yeah, that was her. Um, I would probably give it to her in this category. But again, I've, I've only seen two of the, <laughs> of the five performances. But she was really good as somebody going through over the span of a few years, um, just having her life turned around by um, by being raped and then not being believed by the police initially, um, especially in the in the first couple of scenes where she's trying to go in to report it and then has people trying to get her to walk back her story and just the the confusion and tension um, I thought I thought she was fantastic. I'm sure Helen Mirren was great as Catherine the Great. Yeah, she's yeah, al- she's it's al- Helen she's Mirren. Al- yeah, she, she's always good at playing re- regal characters. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she's one of the front runners because it's Helen Mirren. Yeah. Um, I did see the act with Joey King. I thought she was worthy of this category, but probably not going to win it. Right. Um, Michelle Williams also a, a fantastic actress, yeah. but. Didn't see Fosse Verdon, so can't can't uh, render a verdict on that one. All right, so that was the last uh, category. So that's the Golden Globes. Um, that is the Golden Globes, <laughs> and we're also probably well over the hour that we were going to have. Um, right. So maybe not too much time to talk about other other movies in the past year that we that we liked. We will uh, see how our predictions and thoughts play out on January fifth. 2020 when Ricky Gervais hosts the Golden Globes and um, I always forget that it's that early January 5th wow okay it's coming yeah, up coming yeah. up fast and not too not too long after that will be the Oscars exactly so, and hopefully by then we will have seen uh, a few of the other um, performances that we weren't able to speak about now like uh, like the the women in bombshell the, um, the the two leads and the two popes and some of the others oh and marriage uh, story get, get around to watching marriage story as right. well. when yeah. i want to just like eat a pint of ice cream and be sad <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly 
Well, we're glad that you've joined us for this long on our inaugural episode of the Unsolicited Film Reviews podcast. You can check us out at Instagram on unsolicited under dash film under dash <laughs> reviews dot com. I mean, uh, yeah. And then uh, on Facebook on the same tag, you can follow me personally at Zach T. Miller on Instagram. Our, I'm uh, J. Martin Cook, Cook with an E at, at Instagram on Instagram. Mo- Thank you very much for joining us. Um, my name is Zach Miller. I'm Martin Cook. And we'll see you next time on Unsolicited Film Reviews podcast.